Welcome back to I'm Not Selling You Anything, presented by SenseSpark. Humanize your outreach and send a video. Today, we've got Morgan J. Ingram, founder over at AMP. They specialize in crafting tailor-made media solutions designed to captivate your B2B audience and elevate your brand presence in the market. Morgan, it's been a long time coming. Welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm good, man. Not as good as the skeleton behind you, but we're good. Oh, that's Mark Benioff's skeleton. It's made out of gold. Morgan, so my niece listens to this podcast. She's eight. Can you explain what you do at AMP in a way that an eight-year-old would understand? We make B2B content fun and engaging so people want to know more about you and it makes it easy for your sellers to sell to them. I think that's a pretty good one. Morgan, what is your superhero origin story, your bit by a spider moment? You looked at the world one way, then something happened and it's led you to where you are today. This was the Spider-Man moment. I remember reading a book that my mom gave me called How to Get Your Dream Job by Pete Leibman. I read it my freshman year. Inside of the book, two things. One is they had a template to get informational interviews. And if you don't know what that is, an informational interview is when you reach out to someone and you say, hey, I want 15, 20 minutes of your time because I just want to learn more about your role because I would like to be in your position someday. And if you're in college, that's super simple. I'm a student. I'm reaching out. The second thing is it had his number in the book. So the first thing that I did when I finished the book, and this was the end of freshman year, I wanted to be a sports agent. So show me the money. I took the template. This was back in 2013. LinkedIn, you could literally just go crazy. There were no limits on connections. So I would type in sports agent, sports management, and, and spam the connect I would, button. I would spam it so hard. <laughs> and back then the email addresses were right there. Everyone had it visible. So all I did was add a ton of people. And then I would literally at night do the template and reach out to hundreds of people. And I thought I would get no responses. It was crazy, man. I got responses from the GM of Fox Sports South, the VP of sales at the NBA, the owner of the Atlanta Hawks. I was so confused. I was like, what is going on? Why are these people want to meet with me? Like, Yo. I'm just a student. So I started having these 15, 20 minute conversations. I still have the book somewhere, the notebook, but I just wrote down. I had questions that I would ask and I learned a lot. And so the reason I say that is where everything started because I realized that the people I was talking to, there wasn't anything inherently crazy or special they were telling me. These people were worth millions or even the owner was worth billions of dollars. So then I was like, okay, well, let me start executing and figuring out how do I take this information to the next level and continuously pass the elevator down. So that's what led into the public speaking. Yeah. The SDR, the SR Chronicles, sales training, the company I started today. Most people probably listening have heard that story a thousand times, but that part I haven't told often. So I wanted to start there. That's really cool. You did it kind of just as a test because you wanted to reach out to these people. But it's funny because that playbook from Pete in the How to Get Your Dream Job, that exact same playbook is useful in software sales and just any types of sales, right? Getting in front of people and genuinely being curious. And then that just kind of starts the wheels moving and how you could provide value to them, how they might be able to help you. And approaching them from a, I'm not really selling you anything angle in a way, right? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. And I got a chance to, cause I called Pete and we had a good conversation for 20 minutes. It was funny. Cause he was like, yeah, thanks for calling me. I've only had two people call me. People just don't and, do it. I was just, just like, your number's yeah, in the yeah, yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, no one calls me. And I'm like, what? But yeah, I learned a lot from that book. Yeah. You just went for it. Morgan recently. I think everyone saw that Loom was acquired by Atlassian for nearly a billion dollars. We here at SendSpark respect Loom a ton. They were the original screen recorder in the space that did really, really well in B2B SaaS. And I know that you use Loom 
for years. My question to you is what made you switch from Loom to SendSpark? I've used every single video tool in existence. I used Loom at the beginning and why the transition? Because yeah. I needed something that could easily take what I was doing, like screen shares for my team to understand what's going on and create playbooks for them so that they could go execute in an easy way. And then also as well, I wanted to prospect too and use it in the sales cycle at speed. Problem is that Loom, when you create the video, it goes to another screen and it just delays productivity. So if you're someone like me, I already know what to say. I don't need a script. I don't really need anything. I just need to know what the person's about and I'll, I can make a video and I can- Yeah, you've been doing this for a long time, man. But the thing is, is that I needed something that allowed me to rip. All the other products would make me do things that I didn't want to have to do. So when I complete a video, I have to wait for it to go to another screen. I have to name the video and then I have to do something else. That to me was just bothering me because I was Too like, much I, friction there. Way too much friction for me personally. For other people, it's like, okay, I did the video. Yeah. That's great. Fantastic. But for me, I'm like, I got to move quick. So when I was looking at, can someone solve this problem for me? I reached out to Bethy and I was like, I need to see a demo. <laughs> I was just like, I need to figure out if you can solve my problem. And so what she showed me that you could do it at speed. And I was like, wait, I can literally just sit here and just rip videos. Are you crazy? So yeah, I mean, I've had it for six to eight weeks. I've already done 450. I needed that. And I also needed something that was intuitive with LinkedIn. And also I could use it to do it at speed. So I could go on LinkedIn, click it, and then do the video right there with the message. And I could also just be like 50 people I need to talk to, boom. And I could just press it and I could go. So those are the capabilities that really work for me. And then still I can have a library of videos that I can use to internally break down things that I need to as well. For those playbooks that you were talking about. Possibly exactly. Here. So you could still, also do that. It still fits in there. Yeah, exactly. Awesome, Morgan. So what would you say makes SendSpark better for the work that you're doing? Yeah. So I would say like three things. Number one is when everything comes down to speed. And if I have one second of delay, there could be someone who already sent that video. So I'm trying to figure out how do I just move as fast as possible? Because top of the funnel, but also just middle to the bottom of the funnel is just coming down to just right timing with the right context. So I don't want to delay anything. And I'm always like, okay, cool. Can we do that now? Great. And I'm going to go do that. And I'm going to take action. So for me personally, in the work that I do, it's great too, from a citizen start perspective and based on the tools and the functionalities that it has, it's really good for people to start out. It doesn't feel overwhelming. It's it's very intuitive and easy to use. And you can also mesh in your branding accordingly to make you feel like, okay, I can go take action on this pretty quickly. So I'm always a huge fan of that. And then three is because I have a partnership with LinkedIn. I do a lot of work with them. Having it in the LinkedIn platform is also incredibly helpful for the work that I do. When I'm training people on how to use LinkedIn and sales nav, I can be like, okay, here's literally a tool you can use right here instead of you trying to figure it out another way. Morgan, what problem were you trying to solve when you started using SendSpark? The biggest problem that I was looking to solve was how can I have multifunctionality with video, but still move fast when I needed to. So I do believe in some components that, for example, I know you have like an AI component. I think there's a lane where if you have tier threes, so for context, for people who don't know what that means, tier ones, your top tier accounts, every organization has a top 100, top 200. If you don't, then that's a different conversation. You need, you need to go figure that out. Go get um, them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tier two is these are people who they could be a tier one. They are good fit customers, but not the best, but they're good fits, right? So you could do it there. Tier three is like, we don't really know if they're good fits or not. It could be good. It could be terrible, but you just want to see. So with the tier threes, that's a really good route to do some more AI videos to see if they work or not. I'm a huge proponent of like, hey, look, I don't know if something works or not until I test it out. Let's test out some AI videos and see if they work or not. But I'm not going to do that with our tier ones. That's not smart, but I'll do it with my tier threes to see if this actually even work. 
and then I could escalate it to a tier mm -hmm. two or a tier one. My problem that I wanted to solve was I wanted to move faster since Spark allowed me to move faster. I wanted to still be personal, which still allows me to do that. And I wanted to test, but it still allows me to do as well. So anytime someone's like, hey, Morgan, I don't know how to do this. Great. I could go in the lab with SynSpark and it gives me the functionality to do so. Tier three, tier two, tier one. You want to use those AI functionalities on tier three. And if that ends up working, you kind of start leveling those up through the tiers. Mm -hmm. Again, that's after the actual feature has proven itself to you. Morgan, how is SenseSpark different from what you were using before? It feels like I'm in a video game. It allows me to have different functionalities within the UI, right? So there's a desktop app and yep. there's also a Chrome extension and I can also do it in LinkedIn. I have different ways on how I can play with it instead of just coming from just one functionality. Choose your journey. Right, exactly. So for <laughs> me, that's actually what's beneficial because some days I just need to rip through 50 videos. Some days I don't need to inherently do that. Some days there might be like, okay, I want to test out some AI functionality. So I have different components of what I can do. And for me, I like that journey where from the perspective of other things that I've used, I haven't really been able to take it to that level. I kind of have to stay in a lane and I can make it what it needs to be, but I can't take it to that expansive lane that I prefer to do. I mean, 450 videos in, I know how long you've been with us. It's seven weeks. And, <laughs> and that is true. Morgan approached us. This is not a sponsored thing. It's one of those serendipitous, <laughs> like we'd been thinking about it and Morgan showed up. I'm surprised it didn't happen around Christmas. So 450 videos, that tells you everything you need to know. You're not just making 450 of one type in one lane. You're using three mm -hmm. different lanes. You're taking that your link and you're going on side quests along with the main one, which is really interesting. Morgan, one that I like to ask to everyone that uses SendSpark is what triggers you to send a video? There's five different triggers. Number one, I'm gonna start with this one because it's sometimes it's obvious, but it's not as obvious. If they use video already in their content, most people don't think about this one. If they already are using video in their content, they'll probably respond to a video. Yeah, if they're already using video, they're about it. <laughs> but some people won't think that way. If they're already using video, it's going to send them a video. Clearly, they're going to open it up and, you know, game recognized game, right? They're going to respect that. So that's an immediate trigger for me. Number two is let's pivot this and go towards the sales cycle okay. when I get an objection. So anytime that I get an objection, for the most part, if I'm at a place where I actually can do the video, some of them don't really require for me to do a video. But for the majority of the time, I answer objections with a video. They can see me. They can hear my emotions. I can do my inflections. I can ask questions in the video. So it feels like a conversation, not like it's in text. Yeah. And I can go back and forth and figure out what that means. Sometimes you don't need to hop on a call. And sometimes they don't want to hop on a quick phone call. And yeah. I found that actually to be very beneficial official. Number three is when I'm actually going further in the sales cycle, which is the proposal. So I do a lot of video proposals and some of my biggest deals have come from walking people through the proposal with video and shout out to KD because he says this a lot. And I think this is one of the best things as you said is the proposal is not for the person you're sending to, it's the person you haven't talked to yet. And so if you haven't talked to this person and they see you in a video, the likelihood of them being like, that's interesting is higher. Mm -hmm. That's a trigger point for me. Another trigger point is if I see them posting a lot as a whole. So I might do a screenshot share and talk about a post that they have and send them that video or a blog post and go over the blog post. So not only am I highlighting their work, I'm adding context to the work that they've already done, which then makes it easier for me to reach out to them or whatever they would be. And my last trigger point is for a referral. So if I'm looking for a referral, it's way easier to ask for that referral if I make a video. Again, if they can't answer my call or whatever that might be, that video is extremely helpful. There are other ways, obviously, to reach out and do those things, but those five triggers will lead to success. I like that referral one just because 
because when you're asking something of someone, you're not asking them for their money. If it was referrals, maybe because you helped them out in some way, yeah. right? And a genuine use of, like you were saying, the emotion, just the inflection, tone of voice comes across and it's very powerful. Obviously, you've realized that and you do that very, very yep. well. Morgan, what features are you using in SendSpark and who on the team is using it? I use it the most. <laughs> Everyone probably could imagine. And I've talked about this earlier, but that rapid video in the desktop app is the biggest game changer of all time. If I can load the clip and just go, I, like I'm just fired <laughs> up. I can load like, the clip and unload it. That's what it is. I, maybe I should change my time block to just load the clip. That's literally what happens. I already load up all the people that I want to talk to. I have all the notes and insights already before I do the videos. And literally all I do is look at the name and make videos. I actually think the biggest waste of time is you doing research and making videos. I think that's just one of the most silly things that you can do. We got to do a little bit, right, Morgan? Do a little bit of research. No, listen, you do it before though. Think about it. You're task switching back and forth inside of the task. So you make a video, you're doing research on a person, and then you make a video. You're task switching. Oh, I see what you, you mean. Yeah, yeah. So what I'm saying is do the research beforehand. For everyone. Oh, for every single person. That you intend you, to make those videos for in your recording session. Exactly. Do the research beforehand because I do the research beforehand. So I have 50 people, right? And this is a deep research. It's like they hired someone, et cetera. I already know what to say. And you need to practice this over and over again. When I was an SDR, I literally would stand in front of the mirror and practice my thing every single day. And the whole goal was gun to my head in the distress situation. I could say the value prop. It doesn't even matter where I'm at. I could still do my terminus value prop because I literally memorized the entire talk track. If I had to go back, I could do it with my eyes Hundreds closed. of times in the mirror. But you have to be prepared because now I can move faster. And so what I do is I do research beforehand. I write out all the notes on the research. I got 50 people in front of me and it's just a document. And I say, okay, cool, Sally, boom. They got the name, company, that's all you need. And then you go after it. Most people are failing right now because they're doing research and they're doing videos at the same time. It's just a waste of time and it's very silly to do. The task switching thing is the thing that makes the most sense. And I hadn't really thought of it that way. Where just like do all of them in a row, do all the research in a row beforehand. And then when you're recording, you're in record mode. You're in, I've practiced this mode. You're in record mode. Morgan, we're on stage on video in a way. It's not unlike yeah. acting. You have to get it very in similar. there. You have to practice. So it comes out naturally. Hey, can you mess up a little bit? Of course, we're all humans. And actually that might actually help. You're just messing it up a little bit, right? Okay, this person isn't a robot. Thank you so much for sharing that. What kind of results have you seen using SenseBark? Oh, I gotta put the advertisement disclaimer. All results are atypical. Disclaimer, this takes time. I'm just gonna tell you what my results okay, are. Okay, disclaimer, this takes time. This is your results. Can you get there? Yes. Have I had people get out of the trainer and get to the same level that I've gotten to? Yes. It just takes time. I'm just telling you, don't expect to do one video and get a response. Okay. So I get a 45% response rate. Half of that leads to meetings. So you're probably looking at a 27, sometimes 30 meeting, a positive response. And a lot of that has to do with the content I've created. I get that. But even when I was an SDR, it was 30%. And that was before I got to, you know, continuously rose up in what I was doing. So yeah, 45% response rate. If I'm doing it through LinkedIn, if it's email, it's a little bit lower, probably like 25, 30. LinkedIn is just easier. I always tell people just get as many first degree connections as you can. And the way you do that is just send blank invitation notes. Just be careful that you don't get reported for spam because LinkedIn is more mindful of that than they were in the past. As you listened earlier in this episode, really, when you're thinking about this, you have to do first degree videos because it's just super simple. They see your face. Most executives don't get a videos, add context to the video, what you're doing, make sure it's good. And then if they like what you're talking about, they're going to look at your profile and yeah. then they immediately can go click on your company. They can go look at the website and make a decision. It's very frictionless when you think about it. Morgan, what would you say to someone in your position who's considering using SenseBark? 
From a founder perspective, you should be using video. You already are setting your mission. You're creating a movement. You're doing these certain things, right? That are important that people want to gravitate towards. If you already know what you're about, people need to see what you're about too. And so those videos help out a ton. Plus at the end of the day, when it comes to the sales cycle, it's just a great way to stand out. And it's a great customer experience, walking through things, breaking things down. It's just a way to do it. That's just my responses on the top of the funnel. When it comes to the middle and bottom of the funnel, yeah. this like is your the way BDR that I perhaps, you know, back in the day. Right. Yeah. Even if you're a BDR, this is a great way to get people who have maybe ghosted you in meetings to get them back. This is a great way to go after deal debt opportunities, if that's possible. If you're an account executive, this is a great way to move pipeline and do proposals. So it's a use case for everyone. And this is what I always tell people. Most people are afraid to do what I'm talking about. So that means that you probably should do it. And I'm just going to give you a prime use case example. Back in 2016, 2017, I was creating content. A lot of people are afraid to do it or thought it wasn't going to be the thing. Now, a lot of people want to do this because it gets you more attention and gets you more attraction, which ultimately leads to more opportunities. So when you find something that someone doesn't really want to do and it's leading to results, I'd find a way to do it. And even if you don't get meetings from video, you should be using it in the sales cycle because guess what? That's another touch point that's unique because yeah. they get to see your face, they hear your voice, and now it's harder for them to ghost you, which is what we don't want, right? So those are the reasons why. You were saying yeah. that everyone's got to be doing video, but not a lot of people do it. Why? Because they're scared to do it. But when you're scared to do something, it's because you're at the edge. You're scared to jump. You may as well jump, man. You don't know what's out there, but chances exactly. are it could be really good for you. It can help you in one way. If it's not one way, it can help you in another way. How many videos do you have in your inbox today? In the past six months with one or two. Wow. No one does it. It's still this untouched area. Takes too much time, email yeah. deliverability. I don't know what to say. I don't think it's worth it for my personas. Yeah, those are the degree, big objections. To some degree, some of those are true, to be fair. For example, if you're trying to go in like Southeast Asia and do videos, it's probably not going to work out for you, just to be transparent. In some places, certain countries, it's just not going to work. You go try to do it in Japan, it's definitely not going to work. There are cases where it actually does not work just due to my trainings and being in a different location. But for the most part, yeah, it works. But there are scenarios where it doesn't. And I understand that. But most people, what happens is, this is my rule of the sample size. They only do three videos and then they say it doesn't work. There it is. So then it's like, well, you don't even really have a sample size to figure out if it doesn't work or not. Yeah, if you're shooting hoops, are you going to take three shots and say, I can't make a bucket? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, but that's what happens because you're yeah. like, oh, I did it. And it's like, well, you didn't really, yeah. you didn't really do a whole lot. You hear tons of leaders that say, that didn't work for my team. How long did you give it? A, how many videos did your whole team make? 30 videos, 35 videos. It's like, what? Yeah. I didn't even give it a go. Not enough. Doesn't All work. right, Morgan. Thank you so much. That concludes the use case for SenseWark segment. Really happy to have you on the platform. And you're going to basically going to be at 500 videos by the end of this week. Morgan, what do you do for work in an alternate universe? A professional video gamer. It's what I should have been. My parents were bugging. They were like, there's no <laughs> way you can make money from that. And then every week I'm like, yeah, okay. People are making millions of dollars doing this now. So like, should have listened to me, but it's fine. And then you tell your parents, no, I do video. And they're like, what kind of video, Morgan? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, 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 no. <laughs> exactly. I got to like scale it back there, but it would definitely be a professional video gamer. I love video games. I literally have a goal this year. Okay. Where I'm committed to actually making sure that I play video games to a certain hour on a weekly basis. I do not like this narrative where people are like, if you play video games, you can't be successful. I just think that's really silly. I think it's silly because you can't, there's probably a lot of people who just don't play video games. And they got bop. Yeah. They're, yeah. They just get smoked when they're on there and they just can't yeah, play it. Yeah. They can't play it. And so I believe every single person does need an escapism. Now, 
there are escapisms that can be really terrible for you. And there could be some that are good for you. For me, it's video games. I need a moment where I just not really thinking about a whole lot and I can just be in a different place. And then I can come out of that place and then go do what I need to do. So video games, that's what it is for me. And I would 100% be a professional video gamer. Awesome. I already know it's happening in another universe somewhere. Who knows? From what I noticed, you're more of a third person and it's not first person shooters. You don't do that. You're kind of more like the fantasy realm. The RPGs, I've shifted more towards that. I did professional Halo 2 growing up. Middle school, I I was like a first person shooter online back in the Xbox OG days with the flimsy headset. So <laughs> I used to only play those. I don't have time to do that anymore. Now I just do like the RPGs for the most part because I can go at my own pace. Your yeah. own pace, your own choose your own adventure. We were talking about earlier in the work that you do. So it's, exactly. it's, it's interesting yeah. that it can go from what you do for pleasure to what you do to pay the rent. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Morgan, what purchase of $100 or less has most positively impacted your life in the past six months? This is a hard question because it's like, what exactly would that be? And the funny part is the thing that has actually impacted me the most mm -hmm. is $20 over $100. We can't it's okay. Pick, we we'll, can't we'll pick let that. It oh, we, can we pick this option? You can pick it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had Amy Volas on a couple of weeks ago and I think she went just over as well. I was like, oh, you know Classic. What? She broke the over. rules. <laughs> <laughs> He broke the rules. Okay, I'll give you one, the one over and I'll give okay. you one under. So the one over is the float tank. It's the best thing that you can ever do for your life. But I've come to this conclusion on it because in life, the goal, what everyone's seeking, this is getting deep, this is deeper than what y'all thought was going to get into. But the goal in life for most people or all people is to find out what fulfills you, what makes you happy and, and what makes you feel in flow and at peace. You can't actually find that in other people. You can only find that within yourself. And then if you want to go deeper, I believe in God, so that's a different realm. But the only way you're going to do that is to find in yourself. The only way to find out about self is you have to sit in isolation with yourself. Yeah. And 90% of people hate that because you now have to deal with hard questions, hard conversations with yourself. That's why people don't do it. That's why most of your ideas come in the shower because you actually get a moment to get away, right? I sit in there for 90 minutes every quarter. Last year when I was, as I've been building AMP, I strayed away from it transparently. And I was wondering why I was so off. And I laughed and I was like, oh, because I'm not following my quarterly float tank. Yeah. I did it at the beginning of the year and then I did not do it for the rest of the year. I was like, oh, I'm so busy, but that's no excuse. So I went last week and I'm just back. Everything just tapped back in. And I was like, cool. I just forgot that I needed this so I could come up with the ideas and do what I need to do. And so for me, that is the best investment that's that a, I make for sure. That's such a fantastic answer. And I love how you brought up the, why do I have such good ideas in the shower? It's because you don't have your phone on. You have nothing because you're not you. looking at TV. <laughs> it's incredible. It was a couple of years ago where I kind of realized that. And that led me to take walks. When I take my walks, I take two, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. I don't take my phone. I take a little pad, an actual pad with a pen. And I write down the best ideas come that way. I was like, I don't want to just yep. have them in the shower. How can I have them in another way? You have them in that flow tank that kind of gets you back in that stage. Awesome. So that one's over a hundred dollars. That's over a hundred. Let's follow the rules. Sorry, Amy. Amy cheated. But anyway, <laughs> below hundred is I caught this two months ago and as a gratitude and gold journal, I've gotten just journals in general that are basically like productivity journals, but it's very, very career and work focused. Yeah. And that's good. But I was going into this year, I've set different habits and things that I want to do. And one of those is telling people I'm grateful for them or making sure that I'm being more present in the moment. I'm so overarching future state and ambitious. Like if I'm not there, I live in this perpetual sometimes moment of annoyance. Even though things are going really well, I will just be annoyed. You're Larry um, David. I just get annoyed because I'm like, ah, I'm not there yet. But like in prospectus, if you were to look at the totality, you'd be like, Morgan, you should be super chill about everything. Morgan from 2013 <laughs> would kill to be Morgan from 2023. That's the way right. 
right exactly right and so i bought it because i was like the only way this is going to work is if i put this in perspective and actually write this down so then i don't get caught up in this tailwind that happened to me last year in the middle of the year i didn't like it so that's why i got it to change that behavior that's probably the best investment that i made in the past two months i travel quite often so i take it with me i'll do it on flights and i keep it consistent beautiful I level with both of those things. That's really, really well. I have on my personal side is I ask myself the same eight questions every single day. I literally type them out every single page back to front. Every day. Every day. I ask myself okay, the same eight questions. What am I grateful for? Was the very mm -hmm. first question. What am I grateful for today? The next one is what amazing things happened yesterday? Just questions mm -hmm. like that. How can I make today 1% better? Going through that every single day has made all the difference in much the way that you talk about the gratuity journal that you've got. Morgan, what is an unusual habit or absurd thing that you love? What makes you weird? The float tank is definitely weird, to be honest. <laughs> That's definitely weird. I got some weird ones for sure. So I go to the Cairo chamber twice a week. So I just sit in an ice box for three minutes. It's like negative 160 Fahrenheit. Dude. And I love it. Okay. I love so it. it's kind of in the same vein as the cold plunge up all the rage. Yeah, I'm going to be real with y'all. I think the cold plunge is whack. Okay. I'm I think it's it whack out. too. I, I don't have I one just of those. I'm not trying to have my balcony get full of water. But there's so many things to it. First and foremost, I'm doing a cold. I could get sick. That's number one. Why am I doing? this i'm outside going in cold water and i could potentially get sick that doesn't really sound smart to me that's really actually the main reason too is i think it's more of like hey i'm doing this and it's cool rather than actually the benefits yeah, of yeah, it yeah. but again everyone benefits for certain things so i'm not not sure, sure if you really enjoy it that's fair play i just think if you want to get in the big leaks come to the cryo chamber. cryo chamber and that come you go to there. a cryo chamber that's not one that you have in your house unless you're jeff bezos i want to get one at some point it'll cost a pretty penny i go to one so it's a couple minutes away from my place i go in there i sit in the chamber three minutes getting out etc that's probably definitely an unusual yeah habit. that one's pretty um, weird yeah and then also as well i'm deep into anime to the that. point where i know the lore of animes that you probably wouldn't know that i know i'm just deep into it i love that the illustrator would be like you don't know this be like yes i do yeah, yeah i do <laughs> so i will watch in my free time or whatever what's the history of this character how do they think of it i don't know it's very fascinating to me what is your go-to anime right now it's demon slayer demon slayer Got it. For sure. Morgan, we've arrived at the final question of the interview. It's everyone's favorite question. The billboard question. If you could have a billboard with anything on it, I'm paying for it. Everyone would drive by it and see it every single day. What yeah. would it be and why? Impact over income. That's what I go with. Impact over income. I think it's important for people. I mean, yeah, it could be for AMP. That's cool. But I just think about if you focus on having impact, you will get the income. If you focus on income, you could get it, but then you might have no impact and you might just get it in a way that you don't like to get it. Yeah. Now, some people's moral compasses, they're fine with that. That's just not for me. But if I focus on how can I have the most impactful content or how can I make sure to have the most impactful customer experience or, or conversation or where that is, that then leads into more opportunities more to go ops. make that money. So that's just a message for everybody. And that's how we think about it at AMP too. How can we be the most impactful? and their experiences that we do for customers, but it also is for your own self. How can I just be more impactful? Morgan, speaking about AMP, I know there is an event in a couple months into spring of 2024 that I'm real excited about. I heard it's happening in New York. I know you had one in, I believe it was Toronto. That is correct. A couple months back. I know there's some people that are going to be listening and excited. Maybe they know about yeah. it or maybe they're just hearing about it now. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah. Amp Up is an offset of the company Amp and Amp Up's main focus is to bring you into an interactive experience in person, but still educate you in an entertaining way. And so the whole mantra of Amp Up is focusing on becoming 
becoming the one. And what that means is focusing on 1%, getting 1% better every single day, becoming the one in your sales team or marketing that's like the number one contributor, being the one in your family that sets the tone and changes the way that you live and the values of that family. So that's really our whole focus with Amp Up. And we have three tracks that we do. So we have content, sales, and then LinkedIn. I typically lead the LinkedIn content session. And the event we did in Toronto was incredible. My parents were able to come first time out of the country, which was fantastic. Both my brothers were able to come as well. I had my best friend there who helps us as well on a couple things. So that was just cool. And then also as well, it's just good to hear feedback from the community being like, hey, this was such a good event. We want you to come back to Toronto. So for me, it was awesome to get back to the Toronto community. I have a lot of good friends that live out there, but also to go up there and excited for New York and continuously having that momentum moving forward. I know I'm excited to head to New York in March to take part and see what it was all about because I heard the Toronto amp up was all over social media and I saw Drake even showed up and you know, Drake, I'm trying hey, to get yeah Drake showed up it was I heard he showed wild. up man. First person shooter, we're in the video, which is insane. <laughs> That's right. And maybe amp up, we get Jiga Man to roll through in the New York City one. Awesome. I mean, hey, look, set the attention. People were joking. I was like, hey, Drake's put it out show there. Up. You got to hey, put it out into up. the world, so, man. Who Impact over income, dude. We get Nas to show up. Nasty Nas. All right. All right. Awesome. Morgan, we reached the end here, man. I want to thank you again for joining us. And I guess my final question for you is how do you think we did? I think we did great. I mean, we didn't go over the same questions I always get asked. So that's always fantastic. We were able to cover some different things. So that's good. Awesome. I'm really happy to hear that. That's the big one. I'd hate asking yeah. the whole, tell us how you got to, you know, ask it in a different yeah, way. We, we already, know. we already know that. We already do that, dude. Like if you don't, then you're a bum. Just go on to LinkedIn. That's where you're at. Yeah. Also, follow yep. Morgan on X. Great follow there. I guess this one's for me. I like making a mixtape for every single guest that comes through. Give me three groups, fans that you listen to. No one is actually prepared for this answer. Out of all the answers I'm going to give you, none of you are going to guess the three. Number one is UK rap. Drill. Yeah, baby. Drill. Grime. Two is electric swing. Y'all don't know about electric swing. Y'all don't no, know about I, this one. No, I don't. It's, no, I don't. I want to. It's so good. Third one. What do you got? Deep house. Also could be considered trance, but like deep house Trance. Love trance, dude. All right, Morgan. Thank <laughs> right, you so much you. for joining us, man. I'll catch you out there, all right? All right. Cheers, everybody.